Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Marty Smith America podcast. This is volume 100-something. It is awesome to be back doing the podcast again. It's going to be great to be back in studio this week with Ryan McGee at Marty and McGee. And I am feeling exponentially better than I have over the past 10 or so days. And I can't describe to you how blessed I feel for that. I was reminded that we tend to live our lives and we have our stresses and we have a lot of things that worry and concern us each day, professionally and personally. And for me personally, when I am sick, especially going through COVID-19 this past 10 or 11 days, 12 days, whatever it's been, I was reminded that so much of what I worry about each day is pretty trivial. And what an incalculable blessing our health is. And I personally am so guilty of taking it for granted until it's compromised. That's kind of where I am uh, as I make my way back towards 100% healthy again. My heart and my thoughts are with all of those who are struggling with this thing. I'm so grateful for so many of you who are avid listeners of this podcast or Marty and McGee fans or who, who watch me on ESPN or whatever who have reached out via social media and been so overwhelmingly kind. More friends than I could even begin to count have not only reached out to check on me, but have continually checked on me every day. And these are people that are very busy people. They are extremely forward-facing people in many different uh, industries and teams and conferences and networks and uh, people who have so much going on and have constantly and consistently taken time to check on me. And to say that that's humbling does not even begin to describe the way that I feel and how much it buoyed me emotionally and picked me up in a difficult moment. I'm not somebody who's sick very much, but this thing put it on me. And when I put that video on the internet, I was very naive about what the reaction to it would be. But ultimately, the grand takeaway is how wonderful humanity is and how grateful I am that you guys took the time. I am still working my way all the way out of it, but the way that I feel today on Tuesday, December 8th, is basically, uh, I, I, I'm at a loss for words how much better I feel right now than I have over the last 10 days. You are someone that is extremely active. What was that like for you to be stuck in a room? I didn't really have a choice. I didn't want to do anything for a week. And, you know, I'm very, very mindful of the fact that there's a whole, I, I'm very mindful and grateful that I work for a company that 
allowed me that latitude that allowed me the time to heal and to get better uh, without a, without a question. And, and in fact, not only did they, did they give me that opportunity, but they basically said your number one priority is to get healthy. And I know that there's a lot of folks out there who listen to Marty Smith's America and who are consumers of the work that I do who may not have that same opportunity. They may not be in a situation where they can take all that time. And especially in a time when the economy is struggling and we're all in such a difficult moment with so few answers. Uh, I am very mindful of that. And uh, that, that was a lot of the criticism that I faced when I said what I said about what it was like to manage this virus. And um, I, I, I'm, I fully understand whatever your opinion is, is in the way that you feel, um, that's your right as an American. But the way that I feel is it kicked my ass. And so I have a new perspective on what this thing can do. But ultimately, I'm just really appreciative of how so many of you guys are so unbelievably kind. And I hope that you stay safe. Please do. Uh, as we continue to negotiate this thing, nobody in the world wants to gather more than I do. I've said for so long that the second we're able to get back to going to games, 40, 50, 60, 70, 100,000 of us together in the same space, I can't wait to feel that energy again. 20, 25, 30,000 of us going to a country music show, I can't wait to feel that energy again. But again, I also now have new perspective on what a son of a COVID-19 is. I'm just indescribably grateful that I, I can feel the way that I feel right now. Travis, I think that you put out a request for Ask Marty questions, correct? I did. All right, before we get to that, I want to just say thank you so much to Dan Levitard and to Stu Gotts and Mike Ryan and everybody involved in the Levitard and Friends Network because uh, they brought me into their family several years ago, and they embraced an old country boy who it's funny that you never <laughs> believe would, would be a part of something like that. And they made me one of the voices of their family. And they laughed with me at my stupid country senses of humor and my country rural American sensibilities. I am the small town Southern man. That's who I am. That's who I'm always going to be, no matter the fact that I've been around the world. And they welcomed me into their magical group of personalities. And the impact that that had on me and the fact that their fan base, which is so extensive, embraced me the way that they have, I am grateful for that beyond what I could even 
describe. And I, they're just beautiful people. You know, I have seen the way that they have grown and I've seen what they built. And what y'all may not know who are fans of Dan and Stu and Mike and Roy and Chris and Billy and Allison and everybody who's ever been a part of that thing is the beautiful human beings that they are, the sweet, caring human beings that they are. I was talking about those, you know, all these people who've reached out to me as I've managed COVID. Uh, Dan and Stu and Mike and Billy and they, I mean, all, all of those guys are part of that group of people. And they just wanted to make sure I was all right. And they've invariably for the last five or six years embraced me as a person, not just as a professional, but as a friend and as a brother. And I am forever indebted to them. And I love them. I love them so much as, as human beings. So uh, I hate that they're moving on, but um, I guess this chapter, it was just time. I, I just hope that you're, I hope you get on one more time with them and I hope it isn't uh, Bill France story bad. I don't want you to go out like that with them. single greatest story in the history of the Dan Levitard show. Don't get it twisted. Uh, I love you guys so much and I am grateful for your friendship and your mentorship and your belief in me. So simply thank you. So we didn't get a guest this week because it was a very kind of touch or go whether we were going to do the podcast this week or not. And I didn't want to charge Travis with getting somebody and then us not being able, me not feeling right. And so we don't have one this week, but uh, Travis, I think you put out an ask Marty request, right? Yeah. I threw out a, a question this morning and um, the other week on Marty Mickey, we got into the discussion of bears and what you should do. Yes. And our boy Wes Blankenship tweeted a question. Does Marty believe Thistlehair the Christmas bear could beat Frosty the Snowman in a street fight? All right. So this is difficult. Uh, leave, it, leave it to our boy Wes, which let's, before we get started on the answer, if y'all aren't aware of Wes's work, Travis, I always forget Wes's handle. It's, it's Wes underscore in ship. Wes at Wes underscore in ship. S H I P. Yep. Y'all need to go look at this dude's work. Uh, he's an American treasure. He does these, I guess you'd call them parodies or skits in Coffee Town, which is a, a made-up high school football mecca. And Wes plays the radio announcer for the town and for the team. If you got y'all got to just go check this guy out. Like, just trust me on. I this. mean, he does it's, he does a Matthew McConaughey impersonation. He did this one about person calling in about Ohio dealing with Ohio State's record getting in the CFP. He's brilliant. Um, he's I think brilliant. He, does, he does a podcast with DJ Shockley. Um, just check him out. I don't have that kind of. I feel like I have a decently creative mind, but I don't have that. I don't have that ability to to do what Wes does. And I admire that ability so much. I mean, honest to God, he's almost like a Saturday Night Live talent. Like, he's he's that good. 
I tweet every time I put something. I'm like ESPN. I'm not asking. I'm telling you, hire this man. Yeah, he should have his own ESPN Plus platform. Um, and if I ever am successful enough where I own my own <laughs> uh, content creation platform, that dude's going to be on it. Um, he's just a good old boy. And it's funny, I gave him a whole ration of grief. We had him on Marty and McGee last year from the Georgia A&M game. Or it might have been Georgia-South Carolina. I Forgive me, I forget. But, but we did Marty and McGee on the road. Before SEC Nation, we did Marty and McGee live out there in Athens. And Wes came on the show. And I kept trying so hard to get him to do it, and he just couldn't – he wouldn't do it. Uh, but it's, he's somebody that I just really appreciate. He has a beautiful, beautiful sense of humor and just talent for days. Now, uh, let's discuss his question, old Thistle Bear the Christmas – old Thistle Hair the Christmas Bear versus who, Frosty the Snowman? Yeah. Uh, that's a formidable – I mean, that's like uh, Logan Paul and – uh, who who did he beat? Neil, who did he beat up? Nate Robinson. No, no, no. Jake Paul, his brother, beat Nate Robinson. Logan Paul's gonna fight Floyd Mayweather. Oh, oh, it's not the same guy. I just found out yesterday. I didn't. I knew that he had a brother, but I thought it was the same one fighting. No, they they both are fight. They both. Why fight. are they doing this? Because people are gonna pay for it. I I don't I don't understand. I I, I like. I hope that they have a lot of paramedics on site because if this is like – if you're trying to mess with money, that's a bad plan, dude. Like, I guess you just look at it and go, you know what, I'm willing to get my nose rearranged for however much money. Like – How much it, money did Nate Robinson and the other Paul make? I don't know what the purse was, but, like, that's fighting somebody that isn't – this wasn't their career. He's like 30 and 0, isn't he? How, how, what is he? Floyd Mayweather has never lost. I and, know. And one of his specialties is avoiding punches. So you're going to be swinging wildly. He's going to dodge those. He's going to swing and knock you out. I don't care that he's been out of the game for a couple of years or he's given up 40, 50 pounds. He's Floyd Mayweather. I just don't know if I can understand. I, I mean, I, look, I guess money, money talks. Always has, always will. And so, good for them. And I wish you well, Mr. Paul. All right, let's get back here to Thistlehair the Christmas Bear and Frosty the Snowman. I do believe first that we have to set the environment. What is our environment? Because, you know, obviously if Frosty's fighting, it's got to be 32 degrees Fahrenheit or less, correct? Yes, so I'm thinking – Otherwise, Frosty's a puddle, and Thistle Bear the Christmas – I can't say it. Thistle Hair the Christmas Bear is taking a bath in Frosty. Yeah, so we're going to – let's put this like January in a cold – in Alaska. Green Bay. Green Bay. Well, not on – but we can't do – the frozen tundra's got those coils underneath to warm it up. So we got to – maybe at a – the Patriots play. Yep, okay, Gillette Stadium. All right, it's it's mid-January in Foxborough, and Thistlehair is taking on Frosty. I, all right, so there's a lot to unpack here. So 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 Frosty doesn't have legs or arms until he becomes a cartoon. So that breeze has to come in from that guy in the top hat, right? Yes. And that's when Frosty comes alive. 
As I recall. He'll get some arms. They're not big ones because they're, like you know, little twigs, but he will gain some arms. I believe once he becomes a cartoon, he can slide. This would be really out of character for both of them because thistle hair, I mean, the city's full of manger scenes, right? And the stores are lit up in red and green. Now, down the road and out of town, there's a whole lot more magic to be found. The countryside, it's all aglow with holly trees and mistletoe. And in them woods, there lives that bear. We all know him as Thistlehair. So I feel like they're, but they're both so kind that it, I wonder what they'd be fighting over. Would it be the admiration of the children? Would it be a jealousy-based battle? I, I think it has to be because Frosty only gets created if a kid goes out there and Builds frosty. True. And and but and both of them only come around this time of year. And the reason that they do it is Christmas cheer. So the kids all love Frosty and they follow him around in a Pied Piper fashion, but the kids also all love Thistle Hare's coat and the honey on his nose. So, man, this is a formidable battle. I think ultimately, so. Ultimately, I think I'm going to go with thistle hair on this one, Travis. But it's a close one. It's probably a 12-round decision between the two combatants. Yeah, I think thistle hair wins, but you can't just knock out Frosty. He's, he's too sturdy. It's got to be body blows. I just can't. I mean, they both, their entire reason for being is Christmas cheer. So it's really hard for me to understand what they would be battling over. It would have to be the attention of all the children Maybe across the Maybe Christmas land. supremacy, like who is the, the bigger icon? Well, my boy Wesley asked me to pick a winner. So I'm going Thistle Bear the Christmas. I can't, I always say Thistle Bear. I'm going Thistle Hair the Christmas Bear because ultimately – it comes down to the fact that Alabama sings Thistle Hair the Christmas Bear. And I don't know who in the hell sings Frosty the Snowman. Bing Crosby, who is it? I have no idea. I think well, I- everyone is, but there's been so many people that have done it, but Alabama's the only, like, it's, how can you go against Alabama? Dude, I was just looking the other day. I was looking at Alabama. When I was in quarantine, I was living on YouTube and watching old concerts. I was watching an Alabama concert from the 80s, mid-80s. And I watched them play back-to-back. Roll on highway. No, it must have been the early 90s because they played Reckless, which was a number one song in 93. So it must have been the early to mid-90s. They played like Roll on Highway, Close enough to perfect. Uh, um, uh, Dixieland Delight and uh, and Reckless. And I'm just sitting there going, I, I, I have to go see Alabama at some point here once we get back to real life. What's that scene like at Bryant-Denny when Dixieland Delight comes on? It's magic. Uh, it's beautiful. It's infectious. It fills your soul. It, I miss it so much. And again, as I said off the top of the show, I have new perspective on 
all of this, but I cannot wait to be wallering all over each other again, spilling beer on each other, arm in arm. It's like Chief sang in Ray-Bans. I can't wait to have my arms around y'all. And that scene when Dixieland Delight is playing at Brian Denny Stadium, uh, I can't wipe a smile on my face. It's, uh, it's everything that I want to see. Speaking of Alabama and their mullets, we gotta, we got to bring up our, our favorite mullets going on right now. Yes. Uh, by the way, before we uh, transition to Coastal Carolina, there is no question that my boys in Alabama back in the late 80s had world-class, world-class Alabama waterfalls going on. I was just going to ask you, what would you name Alabama's mullet? Probably the Alabama aqueduct. Uh, but I will tell you, uh, in terms of the Myrtle Beach masterpiece, in terms of the Chanticleer chandelier, what a great football team. I knew they were good. I've seen them live. I love the personalities. But, dude, that was a big-time victory over a great football team. BYU's a good football team, son. They got one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Uh, I, first of all, I give them so much credit for anytime, anywhere, anybody. They, with a couple of days' notice, loaded up the truck, loaded up the plane, and made their way to Myrtle. Yeah, and I mean, you think you think about it. They sent their equipment truck before the game was officially announced, and the, the, I think I saw that they had like a five-hour like window where they, they for stops and things. Tremendous. And I tweeted out, I'm like, if you see them on the highway, get over. Get to the right yeah. lane and let them go by. And cops, if you see them, put those lights on, get in front of them, and escort them through. It's just fun to see. It's fun to see the appreciation for the attention. Whether it's something as small time as Marty and McGee, or it's something as monstrous as College Game Day, they appreciate the attention. And that's Jamie Chadwell, the head coach, and his amazing, hilarious personality which has trickled down through the entire program to the, the staff and, and that defensive unit and that, not the entire team, not just the defense, but we're certainly – we love Teddy Gallagher and we love Silas Kelly. Well, we listen, on the offensive side of the ball, though, you got Grayson McCall who he, – he's got a little mullet going too. Oh, so. he's, and it's a perm mullet. I mean, it thing's curly. It's nice. And, I mean, I think that alone should get him an invite for the virtual Heisman this year. Uh, I mean, okay. a, a quarterback rocking a mullet, I think you get elevated. And he's a baller. He's a, he's, he's, he's a, a tough he's a tough baller. son of a gun. Yeah, he's a baller, man. And see, so that's I'm just thi- go that's ahead. That's the you thing go. is when we weren't sure if we're gonna get college football back, a lot of the talk was, you know, uh, they want to get the national championship and this and that. And like this is the example of what we love about college football is yes watching Ohio State, you know, Bama, Clemson. Obviously, we love the CFP, but, like, Coastal Carolina, this is what is college football that we love the most is these guys that who knows who's going to go to the NFL from that team, but it doesn't matter. They're out there having fun. Yeah, man. It's, again, it's this – it's the perfect group of people in the – owning the perfect setting at the perfect moment. And I am – I just I'm I'm so grateful that I've gotten to know so many of those people and that ultimately my hope for them is that they get to play in a New Year's Six Bowl. They're an undefeated football team who has a great victory. And so 
Uh, I would I would love that because it's it's easy for me to say it from my position, but like some of these two lost teams that might get in from the Power Five, they'll have many opportunities, and they've had many opportunities. Well, McGee and I McGee and I said this on Marty McGee last Saturday, and we meant it. It it caused a little bit of a stir that we said it the way we said it because we were so definitive, but we mean it. If they're not going to take the University of Central Florida after two undefeated seasons in a row and Mackenzie Milton, one of the best players in all of college football and whatnot, they're never they're not going to do it. They're not going to take a group of five team and put them in the playoff. So uh, I hope Coastal gets a New Year's Six Bowl. They get to play against a monster opponent and the opportunity to make another statement. I am just – Again, what is so beautiful about what they've done is they, like so many Coastal fans have gotten on my butt for calling it Myrtle Beach. It's Conway. Look, talk to your team. Your team is owning Myrtle. Your team is embracing Myrtle Beach. They are a collective unit, the Myrtle Beach masterpiece. That's who the Chanticleers are in 2020. And it's, it's Chadwell down. So congratulations to them on an amazing victory and an amazing story. It's the best story in college football this year. Now, Coach Chadwell came on Marty McGee, and I can't remember the exact details, but what does the team have to accomplish for him to grow out a mullet? He said he would. What was? Do you remember exactly what they had to do? When the Sun Belt was that? Don't remember. But I, uh, I need to go back and to, get that do. tape. We need to. We'll revisit this Saturday on Marty and McGee because it might be time for. Chad will to be growing out that plumage. Um, I mean, at this point, I haven't had a haircut in so long. I may as well just let mine go. Uh, anyway, congratulations to, to those guys on an amazing win, an amazing story. All right, my man, we've done Thistle Hair, the Christmas Bear against Frosty. We've done the greatest mullets in college football. What else you got? Next question. This is an old one. I've had it saved in my phone. I was going through my phone looking for – I know I've saved a bunch. I want to get them out there. Uh, from at or it's uh, Ed Richard at into DA past. Do you go catch up on your fries or do you go next to your fries? Invariably, I'm ketchup next to my fries, and here's why I'm a dipper. I all of my sauce, I put no sauces on anything, all of my sauces are on the side. I don't care what it is, and that has nothing to do with portion rationing. It has everything to do with the fact that I love to get in there and dip. And I don't mean like a dab. I mean a swipe. I'm one of these guys that if I have some French fries from Kessel's Corner in Ocean City, New Jersey, where we eat two or three days a week when I'm up at my beach place, they are. it's an old-school diner type of joint, Okay. And they serve the crinkle-cut French fries in the cardboard carton that has the red and white stripes, the red and white checkers on it. And it's overflowing. And I will, I will swipe. I, it's at least three refills of ketchup each time. So you're like a dunk, and then you swirl it, like you make it go. No, no, through. no. I swipe. I mean, I. The, the fry I don't I don't take the fry and poke it into the ketchup I take the fry and swipe it across the ketchup I, I don't go with that style but I think dunking it is the right because if you squirt it over 
some fries might have too much, some might not have enough. So then you're going to have to dunk it. You're going to have to have slide ketchup anyways. Right. So, so there you go. I'm a and swiper. Then, and it's easier to keep your hands clean of ketchup. Now, um, your love for mustard, though, speaking of condiments, is it's disturbing to me. I don't understand that. You're weird. You put it on like your leftover turkey sandwich from yes, Thanksgiving. I do. Like, yes, I do. I just I don't understand mustard. Well, you know me. I'm a Duke's Mayo guy. Well, I, I yeah, so, I know you're Duke's Mayo guy. I'm not going to. Duke's Mayo guy, but yellow mustard does not get enough credit. I feel like I feel like yellow mustard is the Scotty Pippen of condiments. It is it is vital to the success of the overall burger. So what you're but saying ketchup though is gets what all the in ketchup is MJ. It's so what you're goat. saying though, yeah. So exactly, mustard is not good on its own. It needs help. Where ketchup can hold its own. Well, yeah, but ketchup wouldn't win all those championships without mustard. Right? <laughs> so all right. So ketchup is is MJ. Mustard is Scotty Pippen. What's ranch? Ranch is a very versatile Dennis Rodman. It's a very colorful, uh, very versatile condiment. All right. So, all right, we got that. So, who is Duke's? What is Duke's mayo? Duke's mayo is the glue that holds it all together. Duke's mayo is the John Paxson <laughs> of the condiments. It is all you can count on it every single day. It is consistent, and if you if if it gets the ball in the waning seconds, it's going to win you a championship. So yes, Duke's Mayo is the John Paxson of the condiment tree. All right. So what about Tony Kukoc? Uh, are we asking what condiment Tony Kukoc is? Yeah, yeah. What what, what condiment then would be the Tony Kukoc of condiments? The Tony Kukoc of condiments would be yum yum sauce. Because, no, let me think. Maybe not yum-yum sauce. Uh, I'm trying to think of a sauce from another land. Tony Kukoc, for me, is probably the soy sauce because it originated in another land and makes so many authentic American meals better. All right, I like that. So I got to shift gears on you here. So as you know, the other night, I randomly put on Twitter. I was just looking around the internet, and I randomly put on Twitter how awesome Newman football gloves are. When I was in high school, Newman football gloves were the receiver glove. Like, they were the original OG wide receiver gloves. And they had these tacky palms, these gray, tacky leather palms. They had the most distinct smell. And when you put those things on, you like instantly morphed into Jerry Rice in your own mind. Uh, my 5-3-40 dropped at least a tenth of a second. And I loved them so much. They were the – you felt like a king when you slid those Newman gloves on your, your hands. So I throw this on Twitter, this photograph of the Newman gloves. It blew up Twitter. Hundreds, I think, 
of responses came in. And all of a sudden, we decide people, people just they were telling all about their appreciation for Newman gloves and sending photographs of their high school days and wearing them on the field. Well, ladies and gentlemen, my boy Boudreaux has hooked me up. You got my yourself boy, a pair already? My boy Paul Boudreaux, who is an absolute legend in the equipment world. Uh, we, I've interviewed Boo on Marty and McGee before. Has an athletics equipment company down in Louisiana. Well, guess what? Just showed up at my front door, ladies and gentlemen. A brand new pair of Newman football gloves. First of all, that's, that's efficiency. I feel like a king. That is efficiency. That's good work out of you, boo. Like, I could see you, and it, correct me if I'm wrong, but once like you're allowed to leave your quarantine, you're just going to be walking around the house with these on, aren't you? Your kids are going to be like calling you a geek and stuff, aren't they? I'm going to wear them everywhere. And they've actually advanced. I just opened them up. It looks like they have a smartphone they have a smartphone finger and a smartphone thumb. So uh, uh, I'm so excited about this. I'm going to wear them on Marty and McGee because I can. Thank you, Boo. Was Were face masks back when you were playing a thing, like the, the visor? Uh, they were, but th- you talk about advanced. We didn't have enough money to have any visors, man. Like – no way in hell did we have the money to have a visor. I, we played against one kid who he wore contacts, and so he had a visor. Uh, but And his visor was amber. Like, it was like uh, Kurt Busch, the NASCAR driver, uses an amber vision kind of a helmet visor. And that's what this guy, he was in our, our, one of our crosstown rivals, uh, played wide receiver for them, and he had an amber visor. And I was like, God, that thing's awesome. I want that thing. Nothing was worse when you first started playing football and you always had a, a mask that had the middle bar. Like all you could wish for was to finally move up to get a helmet that, that didn't have the middle bar mask. Dude, I, I fought like so. I always fought for the Deion Sanders mask, which is still cool today. Players still wear them today. And we had one helmet. So we had one helmet that had the Deion Sanders mask. And I ran for that thing. I didn't care if it was six sizes too small. I was shoving that thing on my melon. But, uh, and then we had, we had uh, one. So we had one Deion Sanders mask. And then we had one that was like, who wore that thing? Like, I remember Michael Vick wore it. Uh I can't remember any pros who wore the mask that Rayfield Milton, our, our tailback, got, but those things ruled. I would not – I wouldn't want a middle bar. There is no way. I was always a fan of – Ted Ginn had, like, the quarterback, just the two bar, but it seemed to be, like, a little lower, and the visor was bigger than usual. Yep, so and, did Peerless Price at Tennessee. Listen to yeah. this. You ready? You ready? Oh, yeah. The, the face mask is very integral in showing up on the field. It's everything, man. And, and like, letting people know you mean business. Yep, no doubt. 
it's like my buddy used to tell me, like guys would walk on the pickup basketball floor and you could tell by what they were wearing whether or not they had game. Now, I will say, though, while gloves are important, if you show up on the field and you just have like some finger tape on, the intimidation factor can quickly go up. Like if you see a defensive tackle with no gloves and just tape on his fingers, yep. or like rest in peace, I think Sean Taylor never wore gloves. And Sean he just Taylor taped up his – and you dude ever. And that – I mean, he was scary enough as it is. And the fact that he's not wearing gloves out there, like that just – like he meant business. Bill Romanowski. Remember that guy? The neck roll. Neck roll, yeah. Cowboy collar, a, baby. That's a very underused piece of equipment for linebackers. It needs to be brought back a little more. Well, mullets are back, so neck rolls are next, I guess. What else we got? All right, so we're going to go back to Ask Smarty, and um, this one comes from Lugia Girl uh, 221. Do you like sushi, and if so, what's your favorite? Absolutely. I love sushi. I eat it all the time. Uh, I love, I'm, all, I'm a raw sushi guy. Um, my favorite roll would be one that has avocado in it, it has uh, raw salmon or yellowtail or eel draped across the top of it. Uh, I don't want anything that has any fried stuff on it. I just like it as raw as it gets. You said raw. Isn't sushi by def? Isn't that mean it's raw? Or is well, there no. sushi that's cooked? I mean, there's all kinds of sushi that's cooked. Laney's favorite roll is a garlic roll that is cooked everything. Um, and these days you can get, I mean, there, these days you can get barbecue in your sushi. You can get, uh, steak in your sushi. So there's all kinds of cooked stuff. Now I like mine to, well, I might have to give that a try because I'm not a raw fish kind of person. Well, next time we're together, we'll go get sushi. And you I need, can a, get I need like it cooked. A, I'm, I'll get Laney's style. You get the, uh, the cowboy roll, which usually has some steak in it. That, that, yeah, that's me. I love steak. Uh, we'll move to uh, Kobe Franklin. You're on the way home. Had a long day. Stopping at the gas station or beer store for a sixer. What's, what's that six-pack of beer going through the drive-thru? My drive-thru six-pack of beer, what time of year is it? Um... Because, all right, let's just look through the seasons. If it's Halloween time, I want a pumpkin beer. If it's summertime, I want a like lighter Mexican-style beer with a lime in it. If it's Christmas time, I want more of a, like a, a winter spice type of beer. I'm a very seasonal type of dude. And it also depends on what town I'm buying the beer in because, as Travis knows, I am Captain Local. I want local beer in a can. I don't care where I am. That's what I'm after. Now, speaking of drive-thru, did, this I just, did I just out myself as a beer snob? I don't know if that's being a beer snob. It's just like I am. I love to support local beers. I think breweries. that's the. I think that's the opposite of a beer snob because you will go up to them and just ask what they have and take it on their word to give it a try. Yeah. Yeah. You're probably right. I but think you're probably right. To the point of a drive through. I think that like in Ohio, they're everywhere. Connecticut. Nobody's ever heard of a drive through before. Do yeah. they have those in Carolina? 
uh, not that I'm aware of, but my first year in college at Carson Newman College in East Tennessee. Uh, we, it was the first time I'd ever seen a drive through beer joint out in Strawberry Plains, Tennessee. And uh, my buddies, you know, may or may not have purchased a couple cold ones out there. I couldn't. I was only 18, Travis. I would never do such a thing. Never, never. That's all I got for today. It's a, it's a light one. I, you know, didn't have a, too many questions for us this week. That's all good. Um, please send them in. We'll do this again. I love doing Ask Marty. Um, and we'll have a guest again coming up. Appreciate all you guys and your kindness. Uh, stay safe this Christmas season. Thank you so much to our law enforcement officials all over the country keeping these communities safe, our fire and rescue, risking their lives to save others. And the seventh was the anniversary of Pearl Harbor and a day that will forever live in infamy. Uh, I'm so grateful for our military veterans who sacrificed so much being away from their families so that we can be free. I am so proud to be an American and I'm so grateful for our military members here domestically and all over the world sacrificing so much for us. Please know that it's appreciated uh, always, especially during the Christmas season uh, and during the holiday season. So thank you guys. I'll stay safe out there. Have you ever been to Hawaii? To- I've never been to Pearl Harbor. No, I, I did have the amazing opportunity to go to Omaha Beach in Normandy with the Michigan Wolverines, and it was one of the most humbling experiences of my life to be standing there at the colonnade and to see the American flag waving above all of those memorial sites. I had the Um, honor of going to Pearl Harbor when I was 15 or 16, somewhere around there. And so you were a little too young to grasp it. No, I I understood it. um, Being that, you know, my, my grandfather fought in World War II. So it's, you know, the understanding and how quiet it was there. And then to see these, the oil slicks still coming up to the top of the water was very surreal. And, um, just we're so you, grateful. You we're have no so words grateful for the greatest generation. Uh, if you guys haven't read that book by Tom Brokaw, please do. If you have a, a friend or a, certainly a family member, that is a veteran, just tell them thank you. Uh, Certainly, if you are blessed enough to have a World War II veteran in your family who is still here, take the time to listen. Uh, I was, in 2009, finally had the self-confidence to ask my grandfather and the self-awareness to ask my grandfather as a result of Jamie Johnson's In Color. When I heard In Color it just really struck me, man. And I finally wasn't so self-absorbed that I actually took the time to ask my grandfather about his experience in Patton's third army. And for six hours he spoke. And in the middle of that, my grandmother walked in as she did every single night before the evening news 
with crackers and milk for her and my granddaddy. And she sat down beside him. And as he talked and got emotional sometimes, and I sat there awestruck, my grandmother would cover her mouth with one hand and hold his hand with her other hand and just look down at the ground without speaking and had her eyes closed. And I could tell it was the first time she'd heard a lot of this because it's just not something that they talked about. It's something that they did because they were asked to. And my admiration for them is beyond my ability to articulate. So thank you so much to everybody who has served and who has certainly fought for our freedom. Uh, I'm grateful to be free. Y'all have an amazing, amazing week. Thank you for listening to our drivel. Thank you for being supporters of Marty Smith's America, Marty and McGee, ESPN. We appreciate y'all. And thank you for caring about my well-being. Uh, It did not go unnoticed. Y'all be good. We'll see you next week.